Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Voyage to the Stars comic book panel. Uh, I'm Joe Lafavi, the privileged person moderating this panel today, and uh, one of the producers of the comic book series. Hi, my name is Ryan Koppel, and I'm the creator of Voyage to the Stars. Hi, I am James Asmus, and I am the writer for the Voyage comic series. I'm Connie Redone, and I'm the artist for Voyage to the Stars. Hi, I'm Reggie Graham. I am the colorist for the Voyage to the Stars comic book. Hi, I'm uh, Chase Moritz, and I am the editor of the Voyage to the Stars comic book. And I'm Devin Tory Bryant. Uh, I'm one of the producers on the Voyage to the Stars podcast, and I'm also the sound designer, and I do all the music and noises and everything. Nice. Well, it's funny, you, you are the exact element we don't have in the comic. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's so, it's very funny to see it translated completely out of the exact element that I designed it for. And, 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 but I, can still, I still recognize it. You know what I mean? It still looks... I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Voyage to the Stars right there. I love it. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Good. <laughs> Let's start in by asking creator Ryan Koppel uh, for the few people who do not know what Voyage to the Stars is... Can you let them know real quickly what it is we're talking about today? Yeah, we're talking about Voyage the Stars. It's a sci-fi comedy that's, you know, really about a, a bumbling group of misfits who are, you know, trying to save the universe while accidentally probably causing just as much destruction <laughs> in their uh, feeble attempts. I always say it has the, the epicness of Star Trek, the absurdity of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and a group of idiots out of something like Seinfeld or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ha. And so when you're thinking about producing a podcast, um, why comics? Like why take something almost completely in your head and the listener's head, noticeably lacking of imagery and taking it to a very visual medium? Like why, why this jump? I think, you know, I think I would make the distinction between, you know, what's a, a podcast we think of where, you know, you have an interview show versus something that is a little bit more of just like an audio narrative, mm -hmm. which I think voyages. And because of that, you know, you know, we have Devin here who obviously is one of our amazing sound designers on voyage and, you know, really uses that to evoke, you know, a soundscape that brings it to life for a listener and imagine it. But really, you know, it, it really is a world that, you know, you, you want to see it on on the page or on the screen or somewhere else because it is so evocative. The characters are so memorable that, you know, really is like, like any good sci-fi story you, you, you want to see rather than just be told. And then, you know, tapping to uh, Chase, uh, when IDW was, you know, approached by us to try to make this comic together, what about Voyage of the Stars made you feel like, yeah, this actually makes sense on the page. This, this is a, a comic that we want to make. I mean, I think first off, like, even though it's an audio podcast, like the, the universe you guys have created just felt right to me with like endless opportunities. And it was a lot of fun to like listen to the podcast and then just hear some of these things described and think about how much fun it would be to actually be able to, to see them on the page. Um, and then just from a personal note, I feel like a lot of the comics I work in, you know, while they're not humorless, they certainly like humor isn't a focus. And I think, you know, funny comics have always been something I want to do more of. And it felt like a great chance to get to do some awesome sci-fi action, but also kind of be really off the wall and, and make people laugh, which I think, you know, right now is, is pretty important. And so as far as finding the kind of team that really could bring 
something like this to, to life. Uh, how did you kind of narrow in on people like James and Connie and Reggie as the, the people who, who were the, the, uh, the, the right fit? You know, I, I, at the start of this book, I was also editing it with an editor named David Hedgecock, um, and I've since taken it over solo. But when David and I were talking about it, I think James was just our first choice, um, naturally. Like, he, he sort of has, like, a humorous tone, and, and we've worked with him before, and he's done great work. And it feels like he was just kind of tailor-made for this project. And so when we were, you know, approaching y'all, we, we really had him in our mind as somebody we wanted to get to do this if we could make it happen, and I'm really glad it did. Um, Connie was, was, um, an artist that David had found and she, uh, had done good work for him before. And, you know, she kind of seemed to have a tone that, that let her do a lot of physical comedy and, and stuff on the page without being too serious. She felt like somebody who really convey a lot of the expressions and kind of playfulness that we felt, um, the book needed. And then Reggie was also David's decision. I think he's just brought, you know, sort of his amazing palette to the book and it looks fantastic. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you know tossing over to 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 james and and ryan you know the the, the two first people who had to come in and try to translate this thing and make it into a comic you know particularly a podcast whose dialogue is improvised to a certain extent like you can't exactly do that with a comic so how did you guys figure out how to channel that same energy and really make it feel like an authentic expression of the thing all the podcast listeners knew and loved you know yeah the the dialogue and the jokes are improvised but like you know kind of like what we said it's with improv it's always about the game so i think you know if you really listen to the to each, you know, episode and even the scenes, like there's very clearly a game set up each time that, you know, ends up playing out. And then it's really the characterization that they sort of bring to life um, through that. And so I think with something like adapting to a script, kind of the same process where you, at this point, you know, we've done so many episodes that I think the character voices of Tucker and Elsa and everyone else are so defined that really to jump in and put words into their mouth at this point isn't really that challenging just because they've become so locked in who they are. You know, yes, the dialogue's improvised, but, you know, no one's making a decision that's going to radically change a character at this point. So they're pretty, they're, they're pretty dialed in, I, I, I would guess. Yeah, and, and coming into it kind of with, with this being my first involvement uh, with Voyage, I, I can definitely tell you, Exactly that. Those perspectives uh, uh, that that Ryan and in the story structure and that the the actors and their performance have crafted for the characters are so clear, and those viewpoints are are so rich and loaded, but also uh, come against each other at great angles. Uh, <clears throat> that in terms of scripting it and in terms of crafting comedy for it, those perspectives are just locked and loaded, ready for any situation you drop them into to just be at odds and to to dissect uh, the mistakes and the next paths and everything in constantly sparking and, and, and funny and ricocheting ways. Um, and before I got into kind of full-time comics writing, I was, I was an improviser for for 10 years myself. So there's some, there is some of that cadence that's in the back of my head that I can't always unleash in, uh, you know, a horror comic or, a, a you know, a heist comic or something like that. But this, they were saying up front, like 
so much of it still should be these characters trapped in a room with each other. Yeah. Uh, that, that it really let us have those scenes still. Uh, uh, and, and, and luckily I had tons of a sense of who, who these people were. So yeah, like he said, it was easy to just uh, know what direction they'd go in. And did you find that there were any kind of challenges in, you know, figuring out how to tell this kind of story? Like there's a, a podcast kind of story and then there's a comic kind of story. I mean, how did you go about figuring out what one story we should be telling for Voice of the Stars, like on, on the page? Um, I They, they kind of gave me a clear sense of where in the arc of the big picture this would take place. And... Um, to me, I just started thinking about what I know of the characters, what I would want to see them go through in that space or, or kind of what issues I might want them to tackle. And so I came up with a few things and then the, the Voyage team and, and Ryan really helped pin down what was right for the universe and kind of shape more articulately um, maybe what the right um, specific kind of emotional baggage to explore would be. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, but as to how they pin that down, I'd love to hear Ryan's uh, take on it, though. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we always saw the comic as being something that we wanted to be additive to the story. So, you know, when we first kind of talked about it, there was the question of, okay, do we do we start the story fresh for everyone, you know, who's a comic reader who may, maybe doesn't listen to the podcast and just pick up at the very, very beginning? And we collectively were like, this is not very exciting because you know it's not going to capture the match of the podcast for comic readers um realistically we want them to read the comic and go check it out and then vice versa if you're a fan of the podcast and you're picking up the comic it's just a recash it's like well that's not really that additive outside of just being able to see the amazing art from it um so we decided really we're like well you know season two ended on such a cliffhanger let's just use the comic as a bridge kind of take an adventure that would have happened in between season two and season three. That way, you know, we, we establish enough of the lore that you can jump into the pod or into the comic without having listened to, you know, all 40, 50 plus episodes of the podcast. But at the same time, it's a new adventure that meaningfully continues the story. And so when, when you were uh, figuring out what events to do or what characters to do and going through the, the, the whole process, and then I, I want to start getting into, you know, the, the art and all those challenges, but did, did you find any favorites? Like, was there, was there a character that particularly just was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, this is a blast, or this is a little bit more challenging than I, I, I figured? Were, were there any particular characters or, or scenes that really kind of felt like a tight fit or maybe needed a little love? <laughs> oh, you mean in terms of uh, uh, writing for the different characters' yes. voices? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love... Uh, I, I always love characters like Tucker who are a wrecking ball to uh, the situations that, that, that they enter because it just, uh, you, you know, when you have kind of a lawful good character to use sort of D&D terms, um, when you enter a situation, you have an 80% accurate sense of how it's going to play out. Um, but just someone who's as kind of chaotic as he can be in his either poor choices or uh, uh, accidental consequences. It just really lets you um, 
play things out in ways that people aren't expecting when it starts. And so that that's always the kind of character I love. But the fact that the whole crew top to bottom is uh, so beautifully flawed, uh, it really lets it really lets you throw a lot of curveballs. Um, and then to have someone like Sari, who is able to comment on everything and cut to the quick, um, is is such a great counterpoint. And a lot of times is is a cathartic voice to be able to throw in uh, as well. So those those are probably the two that I I. Um, had the most like natural sense of like, Oh, I absolutely know how to use this as like a narrative and comedic weapon. Ryan, were, were there any surprises for you as far as how these characters ended up being on, on the page? I think for me, the biggest surprise, if anything, was just how seamlessly it did translate. Cause you know, we always talked about how everything I just said about moving it over, but I think really seeing it happen and, and keep the comedy and keep the tone and, you know, even adding in all the, and now we can have actual expressions besides just a voice. It just really, really was a, a, a pleasant surprise that shouldn't have been surprising, but still really amazing to see happen. So, Connie, uh, you know, when you were given the opportunity to take this podcast and turn it into, you know, a visual medium for the first time ever, like, what was going through your mind of like, yeah, I, I, I can do this. It's, it's my first licensed comic. Sure. I, I can, I, I can nail this. Like, like what, what about voice of the stars made you like, like resonated with, with, with you? First of all, I'm sorry because my English is terrible, but it's not my first language. So I'm, I'm trying my best. Okay. Um, You're doing wonderfully. Thank you. No, um, it's not like it's my first published work because mm-hmm. I've worked uh, in, with other publishers in Italy and stuff like that. But something like this, it's kind of big for me because first of all, all of the cast rocks and uh, I felt pressure, but at the same time, I felt kind of confident because I could picture something inside of my head already, like from the beginning. So I was quite satisfied with the first issue and I hope you will like the second one and I don't know if yeah no we're i mean it seems like you know what was always amazing to me is this podcast is purely just you know voices in in our head in the most healthy and delightful way um oh yeah yeah but it's like it's like when you read a book and you have some scenes that are weaved into your head but when you have a podcast you have like intonation and you can feel something, you know? It's, it's more personal than a written word. So how did you do that? Like when you were, I mean, I, we always felt so bad where we were trying to make the comic and every so often we'd realize, oh, right, we don't know what that species looks like. Or, oh, we don't know what that object looks like. And we would just always have to come to you and be like, hi, Connie, could you please you know, visually create more of our world for us. <laughs> and, so. and, and, and Connie, I, w- I want to ask you that to apologize because also from a writing standpoint, I didn't help. I'm just like, this is a new species. It shouldn't be like this, but I wouldn't really tell you like how it was. But it's because I, I think your your work had all been so great and your designs have been so great that to me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to step on her toes. But a couple of times people were like, uh, can you say something about what it should be? I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, actually, I kind of liked it because uh, I, I liked doing character designs and it was really fun designing some of the stuff for the comic. So if, if you are like, go on, do whatever you want, I'm happy because <laughs> I like doing whatever I want. <laughs> That's <a> really <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, trying to make those characters feel authentic on the page. Like you just, you captured their character's personality so vividly, so perfectly. You know, we're, like, did you read through the podcast and like really get a sense of who they are? Like, what was your process when you're thinking like, what, what does Nico do? Like, what, what does Tucker's facial expression look like? What does Dane look like? Like, how did you actually come up with all of these incredible solutions? Well, honestly, it's just what, what it came into my mind reading the script from James because it's just that good, you know? That's very kind. <laughs> and were there any other inspirations aside from the podcast, like other things that you love or comics or film or TV, like anything that kind of gave you, you know, tonal inspirations of what you wanted to see? Well, in general, uh, I think a big influence of mine was French comics and Italian comics. Like, old animes like the sliders and stuff like that that I think are the same kind of humor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I like things that can be serious, but they don't take themselves too seriously. And I know that it's hard to have favorites, but was there a particular character that you really love to draw or a character that maybe took you a little bit of time to figure out how to put on, on, on the page? Well, I love all of the characters because each one of them is pretty different. And uh, it was a challenge in a good way each time because you have to think how they act, you know. You can make the same movement for each one of them. Um, I think the Exemplar and Elsa were my favorite because I'm a big me. <laughs> and they are the good-looking ones. <laughs> but like, Nico, <laughs> Nico's was really fun. And I, I love big cats. I know it's like a red panda, but for me it's a cat. So it's very much favorite. But I, I really love each one of them. And so when when you and James were trying to figure out how to actually have this improvisational relationship as you guys did of just figuring out how to put on the page and, and what, what to make work. I mean Ryan, when, 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 when you were all three just trying to figure out, you know, how to really make this work and how each person could make this comic their own, you know, what, what, was, what was your process on going into this thing that existed, like this podcast that, that was out there and trying to make it something that you really felt like was coming through your own voice? I and mean, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start with Ryan on, on, on that, who had a pretty hefty requirement from the be- from the beginning on, 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 on that front. Yeah, I mean, I would like to say that there was a huge amount of lifting on my part, but it, I, I don't often think there was because James's script was so strong and like dead on, um, basically. So I would say, you know, I remember the first draft that came in, it was like, oh yeah, this is totally like, this is really like a voyage adventure that's you know, more or less already scripted. So, um, <laughs> so I think in that regard, he, he nailed it. Um, and then, yeah, I think just in terms of, you know, I, one thing I say that will probably, that probably helped 
in some of this process is that, you know, even before we were doing a comic, one of the biggest things for me um, was, you know, even though we couldn't have the world or see the world, we could, we could try to make some pieces of art that really communicated who the characters were just Mm -hmm. because it is such a character driven piece. Um, You know, very much like with critical role, which, you know, is an amazing like audio experience, but they, you know, from the beginning had really amazing character designs from the get go so that you, you instantly knew who these people were. Um, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm assuming at some level that also kind of helped with this process is knowing, you know, we weren't jumping in straight with like, okay, we have to figure out what does Elsa look like? What kind of clothes does she wear? What's, you know, everything like that was all very already kind of zeroed in, which mm-hmm. I think helped with style and, you know, characterization. And frankly, I bet it's going to help um, fans of the podcast. Uh, uh, it, it's going to n- make it so they're less likely to get like bucked by mm-hmm. seeing the book because I think we had models that they had seen before, which were kind of the starting point. So even when they get translated to Takani's personal style, you you still recognize um that character, right? Like maybe it's a costume change for Captain America in the movie, but he still has those like iconic visual mm-hmm. uh, keystones that are there that still let you feel anchored, right? Uh, into what you love. And so I think that was hugely helpful that you guys already had that. Um, <clears throat> and since I'm already talking, I guess I'll just <laughs> to answer your question. Um, yeah, I mean, what's lovely is the whole Voyage team was so... Uh, generous in, in kind of letting me write. Uh, I've worked on a ton of licenses and sometimes it's, it's, it's really, you can feel they're trying to shove their hand into your brain and like puppet you. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, But that was not this, like, you know, we, as soon as we kind of found a story that felt like it made sense, I was so grateful and so blown away by the, the freedom and encouragement to, to write kind of down weird avenues, uh, that I, that I wanted to, and they helped, you know, get, get, uh, refine the tone and the voice as we went. But I, this really, this, uh, mini series, this voyage series feels so much more like a creator owned in terms of, uh, how little static there was between my intention and like, my brain firing off and then what we were allowed to actually do in the book in front of you. And, um, I feel like that leads to better work. Um, when intention can kind of follow all the way through. And so they were so, they were so generous on that front. But, um, I mean, like to anyone listening who wants to write comics, know that I also did my homework first by like re-listening to all the stuff that I had heard before and making sure I like hadn't missed an episode and really like thinking about the DNA of the series so that I, I wasn't just chasing my own high, but was, was always thinking kind of in service of of what had already been built and what was so great about it. Yeah. And you know, it, it helped too that we had people like Ryan and everybody at Medicine World Media that were comic fans already. And so, you know, people can actually have an informed decision from the very beginning of like, what are the comics we have read that literally made us laugh out loud? Like consistently just made us happy to read this comic and feel good about liking comics. And 
James is, I mean, you know, your name was right at the top of the list. They're like, we must, we must work with this man. Like violently, IDW, like get James Asmus. So, so it, it was this amazing collaboration of everybody mutually coming to the table and respecting what everyone brought to the table and what they were good at and where give them the freedom to play in the sandbox and really express themselves and not have it be just this licensed facsimile, but it really was a comic, a real comic that just happened to exist in this thing that existed in, in other forms of, of media. But for, for me, I think one of the hugest surprises, like delightful surprises was Reggie's work. Um, I, I mean, oh, I, yeah. I loved, I loved Connie's, and I, I would drool over them. I know I'm not supposed to show people, but I would show people. I'm like, look how good this is. I was so excited of how it was coming to life. And then Reggie's work would come in, and it would be like this technicolor dream coat of just fantabulous. <laughs> just like, what is this world? And it's just, Reggie, how did you do that? Like, how did you come into well, this? Well, first of all, thank you. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Uh, tell us about so you and your process. Now. Like it was just extraordinary to see you come into this thing and do what you did. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, my process kind of has four main steps. Uh, flatting is kind of the boring part. Uh, that's just where you kind of, uh, fill in all the lines with basic colors. Uh, and then the fun parts are the background coloring, the character coloring, and then color holds. Uh, background coloring is the first thing that I do. Mm -hmm. I'll fully render or digitally paint the details of the backgrounds on a page before I even start shading the characters because I want the entire palette of a page or few pages to kind of be influenced by what the background is. Uh, so for example, mm -hmm. the first few pages of issue one, the alien planet, uh, it's like very purpley red and green with a lot of purple shading. Mm -hmm. um, and then to make the characters stand out with that, I gave them all a tiny bit of like a light orange overlay to contrast them with the purple shading of the alien forest. Uh, just to kind of make it all pop and like have its own sort of color. Um, and I tried to do that with like the space and everything too. Um, but yeah, so flatting, uh, background coloring and then I color the characters after that and then the last thing I do uh, is called color holding um, and honestly I think that color holding is, is what is my favorite part about uh, coloring uh, what it is is yeah it's when you color the actual like ink lines so all the black you uh, like if you look closely at the character's hands in the comic, all of the inks on the inside of the hands are colored like a darker shade of the character's skin tone to make the edges of the entire character character pop more, hmm. like a sticker. Uh, color holds, uh, like they're, it's very small little things, but I personally think that they add so much more to the overall product. So uh, my work, when I'm kind of in the middle of it, it doesn't look that good but i know that i'm going to be doing these kind of color holds at the end and then i i kind of put them all in and i'm like oh this looks so much better now <laughs> and yeah I, I think for me that that is my favorite part of the process is just sort of 
bright colors and just making those black inks pop as much as I can. And how did you come up with the color palette that you did? Like you, you know, when most people think space, you know, they, they're, they wouldn't think of all of these vibrant colors that you brought in into it. Like how, what, what actually inspired that? Um, experimentation. Um, hmm. I actually physically tried not to use much inspiration for the way that outer space was rendered. I really wanted to give this comic a unique, a unique flavor to the colors that wasn't just copying someone else's way of color in outer space. So the first thing I did when I learned I'd be working on this book was a traditional paint night. My partner and I set a table up with watercolors, acrylics, and ink wash. Um, and then I spent the evening making a bunch of abstract cosmic paintings. Uh, took pictures of all of them and then digitally manipulated them in Photoshop into pretty much like all of the backgrounds especially like the foresty bits and uh, the giant mech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you look really closely at like uh, the giant mech that Nico is uh, driving, it's uh, there's kind of like little bits of like paper towel that you can kind of see that I was like kind of smudging. <laughs> stuff. So, but yeah, yeah. So textures like that, that. That's my favorite thing to do. Cause it just makes those purples really come out and purple is such a hard color to make work um, when printing, because uh, you have to print in CMYK. And so, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It, there's like a lot of little tricks that you, you just want purple to come out. That's, that's my biggest thing. I want purple to look good, you know? <laughs> and what, what was it like for, you know, Ryan, James, and, and, and Connie, like throughout the, this process, you know, comics is in so many ways a, <laughs> a process built on trust. You know, like you're doing what you're, you need to do and then you hand it to somebody else and then something just comes in email. Something is shared, you know, one day and then there, there it is. Your work taken to an entirely new level. I mean, what, what, what was that like? Were, were there any big sur surprises? I, I think I was the most surprised by Reggie's colors for sure because I, I, I saw um, Connie's portfolio beforehand and so uh knowing between that and knowing the character designs i felt like i had a a sense of it although i will say i was like massively thrilled and relieved when it started coming in how good connie is with character expressions and like nuance of performance because it absolutely on every page she like gets the emotion the character kick the the joke and is able to sell it and, and, you know, it's like, uh, have, having written comedy for theater, you get someone who can't deliver the best joke you've ever written. Like okay. it, it craps the bed on stage, but a great comedic performer can take like a kind of okay joke and kill the house with it. And I think Connie delivers that, that excellent level of like comedic and character performance just throughout. So I kept feeling like she saved me from any, you know, any, any minor whiffs, they, they would come back and I'd be like, Oh, so it's a joke. Like it works so much better now. Um, and then, uh, but I think really when Reggie's colors came in, I, it is the most, uh, additive color experience I think I've ever had in working on hundreds of comics where just, it was, 
so vivid and uh, the, the texturing, I think, just it created so much more depth and reality, but also in an imaginative way mm-hmm. and an additive way. And he wasn't just executing uh, the line art, but was really a creative voice on his own and doing just beautiful stuff in ways I wasn't even expecting. So I was, I was, I kept being more thrilled as I, oh, as I opened emails and that does not always happen folks. So, um, so again, it really, it felt like the best kind of improv where everyone is yes, ending and adding and, and escalating and elevating the, the work of each other. So I'm so grateful for that. Oh man. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all. I was going to say my, my thing was just like, you know, I'm definitely have no artistic capabilities whatsoever with my hands. So uh, in terms of drawing or painting or even most basic skills. Um, so I think just every step of the way for me was, you know, again, not quite a surprise. And like, I can't believe they did it. It was more the surprise of like, oh my God, it actually is existing. It's coming to reality and it looks great. So um, yeah, I mean, that was that was really just me. I was constantly just kind of like blown away by it. So. Connie, what, what, was, what was your experience like? Oh, uh, I was gonna say that when I when I um, they showed me the test pages, made their idea. I was like, yes, 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 come on in, because things were so perfect. Like, I I color in a way that's totally different. And this new approach, it's like clean and airy, but it's captivating. And I was unhooked. <laughs> I love it. Oh my uh, I, I think. Each each one of us has like strengths that are made more strong by the other one. Oh 100%. my god! I, I grammar completely. Yeah, we complete each other. That that's it. Yeah, it's so heartwarming. I know. Yeah. I'm 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 literally just stopping myself from squealing because I'll just ruin the whole. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say it's funny to re- it's funny to realize such a sweet group of people made a comic about such absolutely toxic people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all have their own kindnesses and generosities, but boy, they, when when they mix, they they've they've got a lot more um, uh, sour fireworks than we do. So it's <laughs> yeah. When I get the black and white pages in through email, uh, I love just to like read through all of it. Um, with the script printed out and so I, I'm because I read the script first and I'm like oh this is hilarious but then you see like Connie's inks and see how it goes with the expressions and it's just so funny and like that coffee bit where they're all just talking about what an Americano is and that kind of stuff and I, I was just killing myself laughing and then I like got to color it and stuff and then when you finally see the lettered version and all the speech bubbles and everything and it just clicks so much more it is everything is so great when it's put together i i love the writing i love the art i'm really proud of the colors and the lettering also is just fantastic yeah the the lettering also was a huge surprise and i i thought it would be a challenge but we really lucked out with it world design because it, it's you know podcasts are allowed to ramble they're allowed to just carry that joke as far as it can and really drag out that moment. But you've only got so much space on the page and a lot of it needs to be art. So the fact that our letterer really 
found a way to not just fit all the words on the page, but do it in a way that still had the personality of the characters. That was that was pretty that was pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's beautiful flow. Yeah. Um, it's it has character and clarity and the right amount of like extra style and kind of separate style uh, stylization for summary to express the robot voice, but without it becoming um, sometimes when you see that it becomes kind of too clashy mm-hmm. um, yeah. with uh, other visual elements. Um, but it's it's so fluid, it's so thoughtfully. Um, accented and the flow is beautiful. And I mean, part of, part of credit too on flow always goes to, to Connie um, because uh, artists, when you have the script and speaking order and structure and uh, some people don't accommodate for how much dialogue is planned for a panel mm-hmm. uh, or don't lay it out in a way that's advantageous to the letterer. Um, but, but Connie was, <laughs> uh, was certainly doing Justin uh, was setting him up for success. And then Justin does just beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Throughout. Yeah. And I didn't help them because I, I, I definitely have the impulse that goes more toward the podcast side of like, I can get another joke in here. Oh, I thought about this one. Uh, let's just see if we can make it fit. And if it's too much, like we'll, we'll cut it visually at the end. But uh, you, they, they, they let so much of it get through um, in what could have otherwise been a, a too crowded page um, it, with people who are less thoughtful about it. So I'm very, very grateful. It let a lot of stuff um carry all the way through yeah no it's 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 amazing to see how dense the scripts are you know when i just first read them and and it, it seems like you know with 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 a less skillful team it could feel very crowded but i'm amazed at how many jokes are on the page and yet mm-hmm. the pages still feel really open and move really well and i think that's just a testament to, to everybody involved from from you writing the script to, to connie and reggie putting it together and then yeah as, as mentioned justin's just amazing ability to take all of these jokes in and make them fit while, while still letting the art shine has been a joy to see. Also, can I just say, uh, Connie is really good at drawing butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say it. Like every time I see, I get those black and white pages. I'm like, Oh, the exemplar has a nice butt in this panel, you know? Um, well, it's canonical too. Time. So I'm glad she was able to deliver that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, real fun. That is probably one of the most rewarding things I've I've heard. <laughs> there was actually a legitimate editorial conversation about a, a like exemplars. Book. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There was like, if, if he's the perfect being, he should have the perfect butt, right? Is that? He I mean, she, <laughs> stands to reason. And she got it there. She drew the perfect butt. It's great. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Every was... time I see it, I I need to add like an extra like highlight brush stroke on the cheek just to show it off, you know, Thank you. because it just, it needs to pop that extra little bit. And it's so good. <laughs> Same with Stu's like, like, especially cause he wears like that kind of janitor sort of, I don't know. It has a lot of light bouncing off of it. And so I, that's, that's, you should have fun. like a juicy written on the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, what, one of the things that has kind of been the most illuminating thing for, for me is, you know, the podcast, if you just read the transcripts and the performances weren't there, I mean, we, we kind of touched on this before, they are terrible people sometimes, a lot of times. 
<laughs> they do they do terrible things, but the performances are so amazing and so nuanced. They're so likable, and you forgive them mm-hmm. for doing such unlikable things. And oh, the, yeah. the number one challenge in my head was like, how do we pull that off on the page? Like, how do we make these things that they're gonna have to do if this is authentic? These characters are gonna have to continue being these people. How how do you how do you still make them so likable and like, how did you do it? Like, with with James and your scripting and Connie and Reggie, like, the likability and humanity and just relatability of these characters are just bursting on, on the page. I mean, was that a challenge in your mind? Were you just like, no, I got this. Like, how did you, how did you read this and experience this podcast and, like, actually be able to pull it through? Was that easy? Was, 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 was that hard? Like, what, what, what was that like? Um, I, I, from, from at least the, the starting standpoint with, uh, uh, the script and characters, uh, to me, I, 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 that's my favorite type of character to write is people who are not trying to be terrible, but they're wired in such a way that they have terrible effects, <laughs> um, or, or, or they're, they're, uh, and and in this case, like I absolutely love the characters on the show as well. So I had I had that sense of it. But I think, you know, especially where we're picking up in the story, <clears throat> they are trying to set out to save the universe uh from nothing, um, with a capital N. And <laughs> it is uh it just so happens that they should not be the people probably to try to do this. But when you know they're questing after something to make right and to, and to, to in some ways like prove themselves or validate themselves and in other places just to, to set the scales of the universe right, you, you're kind of on their side and you appreciate it's coming from a good place even when they leave a massive wake of destruction behind them. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a, a gas and break between when they're when they're having the right intentions and when they're going about it all the wrong way and you just try to make sure you don't get that balance wrong but the fact that Connie makes them all look beautiful and charming and her art is so aesthetically uh warm and and pleasing really helps a lot too and Connie what what was your experience like were you in were you feeling any challenges there to nail that right tone or did, were you confident really going into it? Like what, 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 what was your experience on that? It sort of came natural maybe because I'm a horrible person myself. So no. like that's been, <laughs> but um, I think the light heartedness of the thing that helps a lot. Like, okay, you, you are killing somebody, but you didn't, do it on purpose. I mean, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think the um, hardest part on this was on James. So, when trying to think of you know what's coming next, because we're we're you know running towards the the end of the the, the time that we had uh, reserved for this conversation, and looking towards the the, the, the future. Um, what are you excited about people seeing next, you know, as far as what's happening in, in, in the comic or contributions that, that you made? Like, are there any things that you're really excited about people seeing in the issues to come? 
uh, a little more outer space. Um, I, I can't wait to show some of the more like outside the ship scenes uh, that I got to color. Uh, yeah, we have uh, <clears throat> uh, we've got an alien world, more uh, alien races showing up. Um, uh, there's an extended, uh, I guess, I'm, I'm not sure how much spoiler to get into, but um, <clears throat> there's sort of a um, uh, issue three effectively is kind of an Indiana Jones on a landfill planet, um, <laughs> which uh, I'm just, uh, I, it's filled with lots of uh, fun that I'm so excited to see brought to life. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm excited for a third issue as well because there's a character that I I really hope people will like. Yeah, and I just you know having seen the layouts for the third issue, it, it's it's going to be so cool. And then um, you know having having read the script for the fourth issue, I think the ending is is you know I felt I felt like it was perfect, and I feel like people who who enjoy the podcast and enjoy the comic are really going to love like kind of just the, the, the bow that James puts on this book and then how it propels us into what's next. Um, I, I just think it's a really great series and I'm excited to kind of see it all collected and, and just have people, people put their hands on it and enjoy it. And I'm just excited for all of the deep pop cultural pulls that we managed to cram into this comic book series. Because <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite things about the podcast of like, this is like, a very long distant future and yet somehow we are obsessed with like the 80s and 90s and somehow <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of times we get to do a deep pull like even on those variant comic book covers like I, w I almost fell bad for it I'm like okay so we got a new sci-fi series great but what if we do a Goonies cover <laughs> and just hear it <laughs> Like, all right, all right, but how do you feel about Weekend at Bernie's? And just, <laughs> and just being well, yeah, spoiler, spo spoiler alert, but that is like the essential reference for, for the second issue. So <laughs> that one, that one I would have gone to the mat for. I will say that. That's <laughs> no, perfect. Uh, it's absolutely marvelous. Um, so at, at this point, um, one other question I'd love to toss out, and then maybe we can just go through any other questions that, you know, uh, other people might, might have. But since we have Devin on the call, if you're open to answering, I mean, you've been a part of this process. You were the first person tasked to bring this whole world to, to life. Yes, and what was true. your, yeah, I mean, what was your experience actually seeing these comics and seeing it going into a whole new medium in its, in its own way. Well, it's, I mean, it's very exciting. I have to say that the, the comics really captured what I kind of have in my head as far as the, the look. And a lot of things that you guys have been saying are kind of intrinsic to the, the jokes that the actors give me and then the way that I try and bring them to life, specifically the like the 80s obsession, which I do think is just hilarious. The idea that it's 200, <laughs> 300 years in the future and everyone's still talking about, you know, a uh, creep show. Or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that they bring up. I think that's hysterical. And I, I love uh, focusing the sound design in that same kind of way to make it have kind of an 80s new wave sort of feel to the music and to the backgrounds. Um, in my mind, it's, it's a show that was made in the 80s. 
is basically the way I think about it. Like it was made with Hitchhiker's mm. Guide style synthesizers. Like that's all that's available to whomever it is in my mind that's sound designing this. So I, I think the aesthetic of the comic book really, really suits the way I picture it, certainly. Um, but I did want to say that uh, to, to Reggie's point about how he did kind of the backgrounds almost in the abstract. That was at the very beginning how I started working on the show, too, is that I would just design things that sounded like alien planets to me and then kind of have those as tools to bring in whenever we reached a certain type of planet. I was like, oh, I did kind of a foresty thing. How does this work? And then you kind of tweak a few things. But it was kind of a similar similar working process for me to like design things that, oh, this sounds like a laser gun. I'll keep that in my file folder for different laser guns. So I would kind of do things uh, in the abstract and then just have a big grab bag of sounds to kind of apply to it, uh, you know, as it suited the situation. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's like it's extremely exciting for, for me to to see it, you know, yeah, brought to life. And, and it's just so funny because the colors are the kind of the way I think about him, too. Like, I don't know what that is about the way that the that the stories are written or it's the way that the actors do it. But I mean, those those purples and oranges is ex exactly how I think of things in, in terms of the show colors. Very weird. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you think of like everything in purple and orange, like all the time. No, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there are pills for that. I, yeah, think, right, I don't right. know if that's helpful. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Helps with the experimentation, I guess. Yeah. It's just the, the, the color, <laughs> the color palette seems to me to be pulled right from the podcast. And that's kind of an amazing, an, an amazing thing that you guys were able to pull off. Yeah. I, I think in, in a, a crazy way, um, you know, like, Having the podcast there as almost a foundation or a, a complement, a companion to the comic, it, it made it, I don't know, like it completed one another. Mm. Like I could actually read the, the, the lettering and see the characters and having those voices in my, my head. Like I heard Janet Varney's voice every yes. time I read those word balloons. And it was just such an extraordinary experience where like it was still theater of the mind to me in a way, because I had those actors, I had those voices, yes. I had the, at least the good ones, but, but like they, they were still on the page and someone else was expressing them too. And it was such a magical, almost alchemic combination that it, it really did make it into a special read at the end of the day. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, I had one question for everybody that I was curious about from a sound design perspective. Was there anything that you took from the sounds or from the, cause I have a ton of like running sound jokes in the show that I don't know if, if people really pick up on the fact that like Tucker, for example, is always listening to royalty free music in his room. And that's like, that's, I, it's just, it's important to me that on a character level, Tucker, when he's trying to feel dramatic, brings up some file that's called like dramatic music Two, like that's the, like the compilation album he's listening to. Um, I have little things like that that run throughout or like there's always 8-bit versions of 80s songs playing. It's like I have a picture that they have some form of futuristic Walkman and so like when Tucker's sad because he's got into a fight with Sorry, he's listening to an 8-bit version of Cats in the Cradle. You know, it's like that kind of thing where I, I just was curious if any of those kind of sound design things like influenced you or if they showed up in the book or anything like that. Um, I Sound is, you know, the, the, the one thing comics can't provide um, and so I, uh, it's, it's always kind of the hardest thing to get into. I, but, uh, or, or just sort of, uh, represent and capture. I just kind of go for sort of <clears throat> vibe. Um, and you kind of hope, um, hope to be mimicking kind of the, 
I would say almost more the way that you uh, kind of orchestrally build the whole story of the episode mm-hmm. um, where we have the kind of big group dynamics then countered with like uh, different characters breaking off into twos um, and forwarding things. I tried to think of kind of the, it's easier for me to follow that kind of like build and structure and, and pace Although we, we have to, like we had said before, kind of shorten things for, for comics more often. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I wish we could. I, in fact, if you can put out a soundtrack to the comic, <laughs> that would be for people to listen along to. Ooh. That would be perfect for us because that's the one thing we can't do. <laughs> yes. Now you're talking. <laughs> I, actually, that's totally true because when I'm working, I work on or I listen to music while I work. Uh, so I was listening to a lot of like, uh, like the new Beck album is very spacey yeah. and then like super Mario galaxy soundtrack or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. But <laughs> totally. if you, if you could put together a Spotify playlist that had like, uh, all those songs in it, I would totally listen to that while I work. And maybe that awesome. might change some of the way that, uh, it's uh, illustrated. Amazing. I love yeah. that idea. Because I actually only listen to royalty theme music, so that would <laughs> that would really help my process. I mean, I've had actually dramatic music too playing this entire time during this podcast. And it's it's totally. really kind of got me in the right mindset, but I'm sure there's a better way. <laughs> so, so I I think um, with with that, I mean, you know. Everybody here, is there any other questions that have come to mind? And we've been talking through this that um, you'd like to ask one another or or bring up as part of the discussion. Uh, I'd like to ask Connie what she was most mad that I made her draw. (laughs) (laughs) Aside from maybe like an eight panel page or something. (laughs) Pages with lots of panels. So it's not I don't think I'm really good with spaceships and I'm learning a lot. So <laughs> I'm not holding you any grudges because I'm learning and I'm enjoying the process. <laughs> it's, it's been well, a challenge. They're good spaceships. I like them a lot. That's what I was going to say. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that was a, a, a stress point for you by looking at it. Mm. The end of the first issue, loads of them, and it looks fantastic. Thank you. So you're saying we should put more spaceships in the second volume? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what exactly I'm what I'm saying. Okay, okay, good. I would like more boobies and butts, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I, I am sad I was only able to work in one sapphic romantic moment. Mm-hmm. for you and i was happy to get in one but i wish yeah we we maybe need to do a valentine's day special or something like that for you oh that'd be cool yes mm-hmm. i i officially endorse that message <laughs> i was <laughs> i was You're also right. yeah yeah exactly, exactly uh breaking news everyone um <laughs> <laughs> the one question that I, I, I forgot to ask, which was, I, I think, a, a bit of, of, a, of a question at first, is that, you know, would we actually feature the podcast in the, co- like, is the podcast actually a part of the story? And how do we actually make that 
work in a comic? I mean, was that a big question for you guys, like James and, and, and Ren, or did, did was that just like, a we, of course, we, we must do this? Uh, do you mean the fact that the characters themselves record? Yes. Yeah. Like they're, oh. they're still podcasting in a comic book. <clears throat> Yeah, I, um, I, I definitely introed that way, and there's a little bit of it throughout. But uh, we talked kind of early on that we, while the show is built as kind of the, their audio footage, um, to do the same in a comic, especially with shorter scenes, um, sometimes where it's maybe half a page, uh, it, or, you know, uh, it, we thought it might become too um, too much, uh, or, or or kind of take too many bites away from um, limited space we could use for other things. So we we set it up with that framing, um, and it frames out that way at the end. And there's a couple other spots in the middle. So I, I definitely wanted to um, show that that's kind of the DNA and the structure of this, without making it quite as literal. I think. Um, as an audio medium, uh, 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 makes more sense. Yeah, we talked about that, uh, just to jump into, um, yeah, it definitely was something that we, even on the Madison Wells side, and I talked about where we're like, you know, obviously these characters are constantly recording in a podcast or in like this, in the series because it's an audio format. So, you know, I, I remember, I think we had talked as well, James was like, you know, I think you can, you can throw in a couple of jokes here and there about the fact they are recording in an opportune times or just like, you know, establishing at the beginning that it's, you know, someone is recording just to set it up. But again, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a product of the platform, so to speak. So to lean into that, like you said, on, in a comics is like, well, why, why waste time by having just a panel of someone talking to a recorder when, you know, we could have them exploring a planet or blowing up a spaceship or, you know, anything that we can really, that we can't as easily accomplish in, you know, in the audio format. Yeah, play to the strengths of the, the individual, uh, the, the opportunity of, of making it visual. Uh, yeah, we wanted to throw a lot <laughs> at Connie. Um, and she uh, keeps delivering, so thank God, because we definitely, it gets, it gets, uh, it, it piles on her as it goes quite a bit. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, kind of last thoughts are just, again, it's just been, you know, you've heard a lot of self-love, so I won't, <laughs> and love of other people, so I'll spare you that. But I do think, you know, again, first and foremost, if you do love Voyage of Stars and you've grown to love these characters that we've made, I can't stress enough that, like, you know, the comic is really an amazing extension of that. So, you know, it's, it's additive, it's, it explores new facets of the characters, it's gracing into life. So, you know, again, if you've been listening to this since day one, you're just getting into it, it's definitely worth, you know, I mean, as Greater, sure, but I would say anyone else who loves it would say it's worth diving into. Yeah, there's really um, good butts in it. Go buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think great. we all want to do more. It's one of my favorite comics I get to work on. Uh, I laugh so hard from the other room that my wife comes in to make sure I'm okay when I'm um, you know, going over the issues. And uh, I'd like to continue having that small joy in my life. So please, please, please order at your comic store so we can do more. It's been fun to make. It's been fun to read. So you should probably buy it. For you, for your friends, for your family, for everybody. Buy like 10 copies. This, uh, uh, this book really has been made with love by everyone from the Voyage team. Uh, I know I put a lot 
of, of passion into it. Um, everyone on the art team definitely did. Even our editors, like every, <clears throat> it's, it's been made with love and passion because we love Voyage as much as you do. Uh, I don't want to say maybe more, but if you want to prove me wrong, you definitely go pick up the book. Uh, if you want to prove you love it more than me, you'd call your shop, your local, by the way, comicshoplocator.com is worth mentioning because if you don't know how to find your local comic shop, that'll tell you. Um, but it's also on Comixology. If you like reading things on your iPad. Um, and yeah, the more you buy it, the more it, uh, we might get to do. And I'm not going to say it's maybe the gateway to getting a voyage TV show, but Hey, it couldn't hurt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Baby steps. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I just like to thank everyone for coming together today. It really has been a pleasure, a privilege of, labor of love seeing this thing not just come to a whole new meeting but do it so well with so many laughs and with such an incredible team it really has been a joy and i'm not going to exaggerate and say it's the best comic that's ever created but it's at least in the top two and so <laughs> um well then thank yeah. you everyone for listening today uh this has been a lot of fun sharing and exploring in this whole experience with you hope you enjoy the podcast hope you keep on enjoying the comic and uh have some fun out there okay can you can you please end it with to space but further yes yes please yes to space but further Boy, yes.